Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies are the biggest scam in history. And in this episode, I'm going to talk about why. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back for another podcast episode of Acido Magazine. My name is Emre Schentürk and today I'm going to talk about why Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general are, in my opinion, the biggest scam uh, in history and also obviously uh, the bubble did not burst yet but why it will burst and yeah, how we basically can, can assess this whole situation. Well, first of all, I would like to uh, say that this whole episode is not, if you, if you just uh, read the title, is not per se political, but there are many political and um, social aspects or sociological aspects tied to, to this discussion. And therefore, I'm just going to talk about uh, these things from, from uh, that perspective. And there is, um, yeah... A clear connection to, to finance and uh, economies so it is not yeah, regular uh, or try to enter into uh, a, dis a popular discussion or something like that but I think it's uh, worth a discussion because cryptocurrencies are gaining popularity by the day and obviously there has been quite a hype around cryptocurrencies and this is very interesting because finance traditionally is kind of an enclosed system where yeah the regular citizen yeah i mean on average is not very engaged um, does not have much experience or expertise in those matters as well as interest so it has always finance has always been viewed as something exclusive to a certain income class as well as to yeah um, people with, with a certain interest um, for those matters. So it is kind of um, an elitist um, field or at least perceived by that. But now we look into the so-called crypto space and uh, in this crypto space, a lot of young people starting to invest money and I mean even fractions um, of, of, the, of the currencies. As if we take, for example, Bitcoin, um, it is limited to an amount of 21 million Bitcoin, but you can trade basically two, uh, two liras worth of Bitcoin. So very young people invest in this, um, in this new stream into digital currencies. And I firmly believe that this whole thing is not going to end well. And there are structural arguments for that. Um, that I'm going to explain to you. Obviously, I'm also going to um, yeah, present the counter-argument. Uh, but in the end, it is so glaringly clear that this whole situation is going to um, end very, very badly. And I'm going to explain to you why. So, starting off with the... I mean, there are so many starting points and it, it's, very, um, it's very difficult to... To kind of go through them coherently but um, just because I talked about it um, just now it is the limited amount of um, some cryptocurrencies which is actually one of the main arguments 
brought forward by proponents of the Bitcoin, because Bitcoin in the end is technically limited to um, a volume of 21 million and not all of them have been mined. So the argument is it is um, going to end. There is a limited amount. So because there's limited amount, the value of Bitcoin is going to ever increase, right? And therefore, Bitcoin is kind of a hedge against inflation. And this is the interesting, I mean, already we could, we could stop the discussion here because if something is limited to a certain amount and the price is going to increase kind of forever, this is the biggest inflation driver ever if you look at it from this perspective. And I mean, the fractions that we can trade Bitcoin with kind of makes it also an unlimited um, currency if you want to. I mean, yeah, it is limited to 21 million, but if you just put some decimals behind it every time the value goes up, I mean, you can extend it also uh, forever, basically. So it is just like a theoretical, um, theoretical limit. And in reality, it is also unlimited. And if we base economies or uh, yeah, economic conduct on Bitcoin, the ever increasing value isn't that inflation as well. I mean, the price would go up. So the argument does not really yeah, stick with me here. And um, I do not think that this is, yeah, this is a solid premise um, to build the whole argumentation around. But then obviously we, we are uh, reaching already the second arg argument because once they, yeah, the retail investors or the, the, the crypto fans juxtapose regular currencies with cryptocurrencies, they kind of present the, yeah, the advantage of the theoretical unlimited unlim um, supply against the um, supposedly unlimited supply of regular currencies, saying that central banks print money at will. Well, um, two episodes ago, I talked about why this is not the case. So um, definitely have a look about um, yeah, um, why central banks are not printing money in an unlimited fashion. But here it becomes interesting because the crypto fans always use this narrative that central banks are kind of working against the people. And now we return to the first point, the hype and the trend that many uh, regular income citizens with low expertise and low experience in this field are investing in cryptocurrencies. They obviously are limited in their understanding on how financial structures work. I mean, if we come in and uh, throw in a bunch of um, metrics, macroeconomic metrics and how economic policy works, is supposed to work, um, highly complex things, and this is a learning process that nobody, uh, nobody can ever finish. I mean, there are professionals doing this for 30, 40 years and they still have questions and, and still encounter new things, even though we always say that history repeats itself. Um, that is not quite the case. Yeah, not, not um, if we uh, take, it, um, take it very strictly. So it is a very complex system. It is very, um, it is very deep. And um, I mean, there are thousands of academics uh, or academic contributions on this field that, yeah, in part, disagree um, radically. 
So it's very easy to say for someone who doesn't have this kind of insight or not even yeah, a fraction of the insight into the system to say, well, the central banks, they just print money. Um, they want the economy to go down. They want to rip off. Yeah, this is, this is what uh, the narrative is. They want to rip off citizens. They want to keep us down. They want to keep us in the red race. And um, they don't want us to break the system. I mean, very emotional arguments in a field that is dominated by mathematics, equations, and so on and so forth. I would not arrogate myself to say um, that I'm, um, yeah, that I'm uh, top of the class in this field. I do have some knowledge. I work in this field, but I would not uh, arrogate myself to kind of, yeah, say that I'm one of um, one of the better experts uh, in this field, and. Um, I'm approaching this, um, yeah, in a quite humble way. But when I see the crypto fanatics, they're just juggling with very few metrics, inflation, money supply, central banks are bad, controlled by the elites, and so on and so forth. Whereas I think, well, this is not that easy. I wish it would be that easy, but uh, in the end, it is not. So then the argument returns to the cryptocurrency saying, because it's limited or because it is decentralized and far away from the central banks, it is the holy grail of the financial world. It is going to free us from the system and from the elites who try to yeah, keep us down and um, enrich themselves by, by keeping uh, everyone poor, exploiting, exploiting the poor and yeah, ripping people off. Now, the problem with it is that capitalism yeah kind of works in that way i mean at least in the contemporary democratic systems um, as you might remember and as it is already tradition my book devlet there is a very long chapter about the devletist economy in how devletist economies even though being based on the free market principle um, can work in an efficient and fair way so definitely recommend you uh, to order it links are down below as always and well if you just kind of scapegoating the elites all the time um, you put yourself into a position um, where you are so busy with victimizing yourself that you cannot really produce something meaningful in order to get out of the system and um, yeah be reproductive yourself and to say that i'm just going to put money into something that just emerged which has no actual value attached to it is a bit too easy uh, to work i mean logically nothing that is on paper that easy is ever going to to work out it's just like the the friend who comes up uh, after 10 years not talking to you saying well he has the idea and saying that you just need to buy some product that you're going to buy anyways. And when you tell your friends um, to do the same, uh, they will gain money. So a pyramid scheme sounds easy. In theory, it's not going to work in practice. So same goes for the crypto people. Um, no in-depth knowledge about the financial system. Uh, false belief of elitist uh, control and central bank yeah, um, central bank bad intentions 
Ja, or the, um, yeah, the offensive of the central banks against the small, uh, small people, as they always um, say. And then the de um, delusional thought that by kind of putting money into something that they do not actually, cannot actually explain uh, properly um, to kind of circumvent all of this is not very, is not very uh, sustainable. And obviously this leads to the next point that if the elites are so powerful and if the central banks have such an interest in keeping people down, then would not the cryptocurrency thingy one of the best ways to do it? I mean, just think about it. Something emerges out of the blue. Nobody knows where it, uh, it comes from. And then all of a sudden, it is the tool for the liberation of um, the masses in financial terms. If the elites are so powerful, why, why would they allow something, uh, so something like that to happen? Especially if we look at how currency wars were fought over the dominance of the US dollar and other currencies as well. Having the pricing power and being the reserve currency, such as the US dollar, or the euro, or the emerging yuan, renminbi, um, that is gaining popularity by day. It is, yeah, it is very difficult to argue that this system of cryptocurrencies just emerged and um, is so accepted and pushed by media in order uh, for people to, to give them a tool yeah, uh, to gain wealth uh, on a large scale. So it is... It is difficult to sustain that and from the elitist perspective um, you still have to see or from a practical um, we, we um, yeah, do not have to go back to the elites but we can we can look at it from the practical perspective if you want to trade cryptocurrencies where are you doing it yeah there are either platforms like crypto.com ftx um, you know <laughs> did not survive unfortunately Binance and so on and so forth what are those yeah regular uh, incorporated companies so under government control yeah subject to legislation and regulation obviously people lost billions of money in the process so it is it is regulated i mean very few people i mean i don't think that a nine-year-old is going to uh, enter the dark net and make some crypto uh, transactions with a supercomputer um entering some code and stuff and i also don't think that some um someone who is uh maybe not very educated with uh kind of handling um pcs is going to do the same as well and i mean when we talk about the mass of crypto investors these are people that are not very knowledgeable about how to code and how to enter the darknet so they're going on crypto.com binance and so on and so forth buy their cryptocurrencies and sell them yeah uh, with very high commission fees, uh, by the way. And then these companies are again controlled by the, not controlled, obviously, they're regulated by the government. And um, it is not that decentralized as, as you might think. So in the end, this decentralization thing is also not very, uh, is not, is not very solid. And then when we look at the current situation with all the inflation, uh, inflation in, in many uh, economies, Cryptocurrencies are the best way to pull money out of the system. I mean, a bunch of investors 
um, put uh, billions and trillions already uh, into cryptocurrencies. And once the bubble bursts, because then again, the big uh, institutional investors with large sums uh, of money, when they start to dump uh, their positions, all the others lose money. So it is actually the most direct way for financial elites to extract financial uh, means from the poorer people by making them believe that they have the power to overpower the system by investing in something that is decentralized, which is actually not the case because you need the trading platforms in order to enter the market. If you ask me, that's genius. And therefore, if you just think about this for a second, it is incredibly genius because you push this agenda of this financial freedom, you know, the, the, the promised financial freedom in the media, you allow for the cryptocurrencies to emerge and kind of spread the romantic idea that finally something arrived that helps people to get away from the elites while they control it they are still the big actors in the in the market and they can yeah pull out money out of the system um, at will so it is incredibly incredibly smart and let's not forget um, again the yeah the currency wars uh, and the the pricing uh, pricing power that uh, currencies have so no separate system is ever going to be allowed in that uh, fashion to happen let's just think about muammar al-gaddafi the arab spring did not originate because some sort of freedom wishes or something like that muammar al-gaddafi wanted to create a pan-african currency based on uh, the gold you know, that africa actually produces so there was a true value tied to that currency that he planned um, to bring to the table and that obviously um, would have changed the whole yeah, uh, currency game which then again leads us to the next point the value attached to cryptocurrencies so cryptocurrencies can in practice cannot be used to buy certain things obviously some uh, retailers um, and some stores accept bitcoin and stuff but let's be honest you do not buy bitcoin in order to um, yeah buy some chocolate or something like that most uh, investors and this is why they call investors if you for example buy um, another currency you're probably going to uh, travel to this uh, country and then spend the money there but most and this is why I'm not called an investor, but a tourist. But most investors in cryptocurrencies buy cryptocurrencies in order or with the premise that they're going to sell it for, uh, at a higher price. And that actually uh, makes it difficult to use and, yeah, in the end, impractical to use as well. So this is why nobody is going to use it as a currency um, just, uh, just like that. And because that is the case, the problem with crypt cryptocurrencies is that there's actually no use case for, for them and therefore also no reason for them um, to exist altogether. They're not solving a real world problem. The blockchain technology has the potential to do that. 
the technology laying behind cryptocurrency actually has the potential to do that. I'm not arguing about that. And I have to be honest, I do not understand blockchain to that extent that I can make an informed assessment on that. And this is what why I'm not going to do it. But as far as I know, or yeah, keeping in mind the things that I know about blockchain, I think that it has the potential to be useful in the real economy, but not in the case of cryptocurrencies. Because the cryptocurrencies do not, they're interchangeable. For example, if you pay something with your credit card, it is not like that the physical uh, money, the bank uh, notes are going to, uh, yeah, <laughs> coming out of your pocket and going to the um, to the online store that you where you want to buy uh, certain things. You're not inserting the money into your laptop or something like that. You just type in your credit card. It's a digital transfer. It's online. So there is no difference um, or there's nothing that the cryptocurrencies add to it. In the end, it is even a disadvantage because you do not, you do not have coins and um, banking notes. So they actually uh, are not as good as regular currencies. And everything that we do is already based on um, on regular um, on regular uh, online payments, yeah, where we use um, the normal money. Obviously, if you want to transfer money, there the fees are quite high because it still runs through banks and stuff. But as I said, the trading platforms, you know, they take also high commission fees. Um, it's not like uh, the transactions are cheap on either of those um, platforms. Obviously, if you want to move incredible amounts of money then um, it might be um, yeah, quite lucrative to do this transaction via, um, via cryptocurrencies, but only then, again, if you do it via the darknet or um, some sort of illicit ways, the risk is high and you're not going to move millions around uh, in a volatile market um, with yeah, such a high risk of it being just lost in some sort of code. So the safety aspect is not is not very given so if you have a couple of millions and want to transfer it to a different bank account or maybe abroad or so i mean it might uh, it is worth because in the end it's, it's safer and um, the commission that you pay there you know it is for the safety uh, of your money so in the end bitcoin and cryptocurrencies they do not have um, a use case and now it becomes really sketchy if something emerges out of the blue without use case without any background information about who found it or who's operating it who coded it and what what kind of controls and, and regulatory frameworks which aren't existent um, yeah under which um, situations it was informed and came into being um, having such a medial hype even though the financial elites yeah, supposedly control everything and um, currencies being so important in especially in commodity markets and so on and so forth and the obvious advantages of deflationary pressures if you are in control of this market as i said pump and dump and pull um, trillions of um, yeah of, of dollars euros and liras out of the market if you put all those things together, 
the logical conclusion that we must draw, and I'm not putting this up for discussion actually, it is not a sustainable system. It is not a digital asset. It is not an asset. It is a scam. There is no use attached to it. And I can just repeat myself, there's such a hype and such a romantic idea around it. I mean, just think about it. You are criticizing a certain elite that is controlling you and all of a sudden the most financially uneducated people uh, are supposed to, uh, to become um, the richest uh, people um, there are by just in investing money into something they do, that they do not understand and where just the idea is behind that, okay, it's not under central bank control. I mean, how simplistic is this thinking? I mean, yeah, it sounds great. And we have to acknowledge that there is a sociological aspect tied to it as well. If you're frustrated with your uh, financial situation and see how easily people yeah, earn money, um, as you can see on the internet, social media and so on and so forth, with very little talent and very little expertise. I mean, obviously you want to catch this opportunity if it is kind of the hype and the narrative around it that you have the chance by investing into cryptocurrencies, but this is not going to happen. I mean, yes, I too believe that there is going to be another hype and there's going to be, um, there are going to be incredible amounts of money pumped into the system. Again, the prices are going to rise manifold, five times, six times, even maybe 10 times. I don't know um, how much, but I do believe that there's going to be another run and this episode is going to yeah, be a, a laughable uh, episode during those times when, when the Bitcoin price is over $100,000 um, or even higher. But the time is going to come and this is what I'm predicting. I'm not going to give um, yeah, a time or, or a period, but... If you, if you ask me, I think around in, in around 15 years or so, cryptocurrencies are not going to exist. It might be there's 20 years, 30 years, it might be in five years, but I think in around um, 15 years, cryptocurrencies are not going to be existent any longer for the obvious reasons that I just explained um, in, in detail. And if you really care about your financial situation and if this is something that is important to you then you should re reconsider uh, your choice in investing into cryptocurrencies as well as um, look into into other assets right so um, yeah diversify your portfolio do not uh, rely too much on cryptocurrencies and in the end um, I think you'll be fine. Um, do not get caught up in the hype. Do not be too emotional about um, all those things. And especially if the narrative is so emotionally loaded and so, how can I say, it, it sounds too good to be true, then something is off. Because life does not work that way. Uh, politics does not work that way. And um, in the end, I think um, sticking to those things that yeah always worked will also work in the future. 
No, central banks do not want to rip you off. They're not pumping unlimited amounts of money into the system. The government is not trying to keep you down. But in order to succeed and yeah, kind of do something meaningful, produce something meaningful um, in any field, regardless, um, regardless of what we're talking about, expertise is key and expertise takes patience dedication and get yeah, a very deep reaching mindset as i said if something is too good to be true it is often not true but a scam and in this case potentially the biggest scam in history my name is emma shenturk this was a very intense uh, episode of yeah, podcast episode of Isidro uh, magazine thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed it i hope to uh, have you back next time and until then take care Bye.